This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Ben Sears at Beta Echo Niner on Xbox Live. <laughs> and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, and you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. Additionally, you can also support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer for exclusive audio content recorded specifically for Patreon supporters across several different tiers. Uh, $1 per month gets you access to an exclusive RSS feed with uh, pre-show recordings, $2 gets you that, as well as some um, uh, uh, TV reviews that I do, um, kind of spur of the moment. Um, and then $5 gets you all of that, plus commentary tracks. And then $10 gets you all of that, plus uh, early access and unreleased content. So I'm your aforementioned host, Matt Hurt, and with me today is recurring co-host and contributing writer to the website and newly... Um, christened um, <laughs> member of the indiana film journalist association mr ben sears how's it going fantastic nice and officially on the official podcast congratulations <laughs> on joining the ifja do you want to talk about that and all of that sure um i i, I don't know i i was uh <laughs> accepted nice by my peers my fellow yes. peers yourself <laughs> included yes um, um for those who don't know, the IFJA is the Indiana Film Journalists Association, which I became a member of in 2019. Um, I keep I just went over this on Patreon, um, but I became a member in, uh, in, in 2019, and I really enjoy it, and I'm super glad that Ben is now a part of it. And I'm going to adjust this real quick because I forgot to move the table closer to me. Okay. So, yeah, so, you, so you're so you now a member. Uh, what are you yes. looking forward to with it? And... and um, how 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 do you feel um it's gonna be fun it's uh i'm i'm excited for this is gonna sound very vain but i'm excited for like early access and screeners yeah just because it'll mean uh you know more uh an easier ability to uh get reviews out in a timely manner yes uh, so hopefully reviewing things either before they are widely released or mm. the day of a wide release. Yes. So. I'm <laughs> as, uh, as the person who runs obsessiveviewer.com, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that as well. Um, uh, I, cause I slack way too much with, with written content <laughs> and everything. And I, I really, really love how, first of all, I really like your writing and everything Thank and you. yes, and second of all, I just really like the amount of output you have on that. So um it's it's really good to have just something on the uh something on the website that's not my annoying voice. So. Well, I I mean it with all sincerity that I could not have done it without you and huh, I thank appreciate you. uh all of the help and guidance that you've given me and you and Tiny and Mike and uh, Fekus and Kirsten and everyone involved, even tangentially. Uh, it's, she's right it's, there. Yeah. 
<laughs> Mostly pizza. Pointed at yep. pizza. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm I'm super glad to have you be a part of the team, and uh, I'm very excited for your future as a member of the IFGA. Same here. Um, yeah. Um, and speaking of which, I so this is something I'm probably uh, it's boring to bring it up on the actual podcast, but something that um, I was meaning to say off mic or me- meaning to mention to you off mic is that with all the new equipment that I've gotten, that I won't shut the fuck up about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm thinking in long term kind of kind of ways. So I just for for those listening, we're recording on a new mixer that I've been playing with the last couple of weeks. And just today I got new microphones specifically for podcasting. So my idea is that I will take because I we've been recording uh for years now on uh uh kind of handheld mics on mic stands. And so my thought is like now that I have all the equipment, all the upgraded equipment and everything, I can shift my focus to working toward getting more robust mobile setups. So my thinking is we we have like an H5 which is a handy recorder, has two microphone inputs. That's what I take to film festivals and stuff, but like I'm thinking like okay, I can get like a second a second one that's a, that's a little bit more robust than that so I can have two like handheld recorders that we can do at at, at film festivals and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know, just something I'm I'm thinking about now that I've uh, spent so much money on <laughs> on equipment. I want to spend more money. Um, yep. So yeah. So anyway, that's just what I'm what I'm thinking. I'm really hoping that we get, you know, film festival stuff. Um, Indie Film Fest is coming up. Yes. Are they virtual this year again? Uh, I need to talk with my friend about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be similar to last year with some okay. screenings at Tibbs and mm-hmm. most of them virtual, but. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on that. I need to uh, talk with my friend who's a lot more involved than I am. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm. I was gonna look up. Uh, when do you know offhand when uh, Indie Film Fest is? Uh, it's normally in April. Right. Um. Uh, I want to say like the middle of April. Okay. I'm looking up their website now. Um, and I meant to ask him like when the lineup would be announced, but I have not gotten around to it. Right. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find on their website where it is, but um, I'm kind of having some trouble here. Uh, did a film festival. Yeah. I'll if... text him and oh, nice. we'll, <laughs> we'll break it in the middle of the episode. Nice. Nice. Uh, okay, they the 18th uh, Indie Film Fest on their website just says Spring 2021. So I don't know if it's been officially announced yet or what have you. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm really really itching for more film centric um, things to happen <laughs> um, in Indianapolis. Just because it's been a fucking year. <laughs> so um, anyway. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about the Oscar nominees for the 2021 Oscars, which are going to take place on a date that I did not have prepared. April um, 25th. April 25th. Thank you. Um, and so this is going to be kind of a rundown of the nominees. I'm really hoping that we can get in the next couple of weeks, maybe, or in a few weeks, I'm not sure, um, a what, I, what, I'm, what I'm affectionately calling a best picture roundup or best picture <laughs> potpourri. That's the word. Um, <laughs> the potpourri section. Um, best picture potpourri where we just basically review all of the best picture nominees um, 
including Mank, um, <laughs> which is a movie I still have not seen, despite telling Ben that I would see it. And uh, yeah. So um, y- yeah. Any other new business we need to go over? Oh, you uh, the do you want to announce the next the next series of reviews you're going to do for Midwest Film Journal that you already said on Patreon? I think that can be a Patreon exclusive. Nice. Okay. Little ex- incentive for the listeners to nice. sign up. Yes, please support us at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Um, honestly, early access to find out what it'll be. Yes, and it is a doozy. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 super excited for for that project just because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm anxious to see like how how because there's so many to that specific thing. Um, I'm just curious to see how, like, if it breaks you. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it can't break me any more than Happy Madison has. That's true. So. That is true. Um, but yeah, check out Patreon, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Like, okay, if you if you want to support us, that's that's fantastic. I would love you forever and everything at any of the levels. But I just want to say, I, I like, I don't want to push a hard sell or anything, but I do want to say that... Um, I just upgraded the equipment quite a bit and everything. <laughs> and a, a little kind of peek behind the curtain is that this setup record, like when I when I um, edit and, and post the episodes, the episodes are a little bit bigger in file size. And so that means I need to upgrade the uh, the um, the setting we have for our uh host for the podcast files which means i need to i'm going to be spending a little bit more money to upkeep the podcast so if that if having tons of extra content doesn't incentivize you um (laughs) me uh having to spend more money (laughs) maybe that will (laughs) um but yeah the the podcast is not going anywhere obviously i'm going to i'm going to be able to pay it and everything but if you want to help offset that cost go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and ben you're a patreon supporter how do you feel about the patreon and uh the amount of content that's there please say positive things (laughs) you know i just got my most recent stimulus check Mm -hmm. and uh i came inches away from just depositing all of that into the patreon but i uh, I would have, I would have, <laughs> I would have committed you, I think. <laughs> like, I honestly would not have accepted that. If anyone else wants to do that, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm selling my old equipment. So if you're interested in starting a podcast and you're in oh. Indianapolis, um, selling like a mixer and a bunch of, a bunch of cool stuff, 300 bucks for it. Anyway, that, that's all. <laughs> this is a podcast so uh so yeah so the oscars um last year we did an a nominee rundown that i should have listened to again but i didn't (laughs) um how do you feel just as a refresher um how do you feel about the about the oscars in general because i know that it's a little bit um i don't know it's it's something it is something yes well said (laughs) yep um I love the Oscars and I look forward to it every year. I watch the nominations live this year. Nice. Uh, if that tells you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you hear about my tweet? No. Oh, it's uh, it was a doozy. I think I said it on the on uh, Fecus's on the, on the episode of the Fecus. Um, oh. But I'll just go ahead and say it again. Um, 
<laughs> the Oscar nominees were announced like early in the morning, obviously, like they usually are. And my tweet to that effect was um, something that I'm pulling up now. I've tweeted, I, I, you know, I've actually not tweeted that much and it's been very nice, but I, okay, three <laughs> days ago. Fun fact, they announced the Oscar noms in the morning so you can watch the presentation over breakfast, making it an Oscar nom 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 presentation. Oh, yeah. So I does that make that you now. want to join Twitter? It was. <laughs> or reactivate your Facebook? <laughs> it had flushed from my brain until just now. <laughs> Uh, so, okay. So you like the Oscars. <laughs> I know that you're, you, you, out of, out of all of the co-hosts on the podcast, you are the one who's most in tuned or most, um, uh, you have, you have your ear more to the ground uh, about award season than anyone else involved with the podcast. Um, which is a compliment. Like that's, that's, it's good to have that for award season and everything. Um, how, like, do you have like a, a kind of thought process when when viewing that like do you do you guess like do you make educated guesses guesses based on what certain awards are nominated or what certain awards are given to certain movies and their chances for the oscars how do you like let's delve into your mind and your <laughs> process for that um yeah i mean there is to some extent there is a, a little bit of a science behind it um especially with all the precursors mm -hmm. um uh it's kind of hard cuz yes there the academy does tend to reward certain types of movies over other types of movies but i mean like parasite was just one the was just the first non american yes. best picture winner so and then like before that moonlight won and mm. before parasite a certain uh, uh, movie, fucking Green Book. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna say. Oh, you name, weren't. But, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so, I mean, plus, I mean that that same year, uh, Olivia Coleman beat out. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, who did Glenn she Close? Beat? Glenn Close. Oh who, right. Who was almost locked for that award? Right. So, did you ever? Was it the wife? Yes. Okay, did you ever see that? No. Okay. Me, me neither. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah. I heard it's a prequel to the father. <laughs> I was. I was. What? I, like. I was thinking about that. Um. And I. And I don't want to jump ahead or anything, but I don't know much about the father. Mm -hmm. Um. But what I do know about it, it is that it deals with, from what I understand, it deals with dementia. Yeah. I think. And like. I'm I'm nervous to watch it because I've I've said it before on the podcast several times. I even said it on the um, uh, Patreon exclusive it chapter two uh, commentary track that I released. Um, Five dollars on Patreon, please. I'm, they're gonna break my legs, please. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. But if you have the funds, please. Anyway, um, that type of disorder, that type of ailment, that type of disease is horrifying to me yes and i'm very nervous about that like that's also why i didn't see um julianne moore still in alice still alice yeah yeah um which that sounds like it could be a fun double feature still <laughs> alice and the father uh yeah as someone who has seen still alice that, mm -hmm. that it is it is terrifying yeah yeah yep um so uh yeah, do you want to talk about the uh, the nominees proper or any Can, more preamble? Um, let me just let's 
talk about how do you feel about the nominees in general? Do you are you happy with most of them? Are you um should we uh give kind of a generalized um uh spoiler that The Five Bloods should have been nominated in virtually every category? I mean Or should we should we bring it up on each individual category? I you know, <laughs> honestly, I wasn't crazy about the five bloods. Hmm. I really wasn't. And it's not anything against the movie or anything. I just feel like of Spike Lee's recent movies, um, just I mean, uh 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 oh my god. Black Klansman. Black Klansman yeah. <laughs> was just amazing to me. And then The Five Bloods was was fine. But it didn't really hook me as much as much as I was hoping it would. However, I will say, and we'll get to this when we get to um, uh, actor in a supporting role. But um, oh god, um, the actor um, Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo. Um, yeah, he wasn't nominated, was he? No, he was not. Yeah, that is that is a travesty because his yeah. performance was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, well, spoiler alert: I'll be bringing it up frequently throughout this podcast and i will be i will i will be bringing up (laughs) hubie halloween in every category yep as you should Um, yes and the wrong missy and the wrong missy (laughs) um (laughs) which i still i feel bad not i don't feel bad but um the wrong missy was eh, i mean it's bad yeah but I, i just watched it recently it's bad yeah and and I like I'm a fan of Lauren Lapkus from podcasts and everything, so I feel like just I feel kind of I I don't know, I, fuck I don't feel bad because I don't know her, but um it's just I I don't know I want I want good things for um people who I listen to on podcasts, so check yeah. out my roundtable discussions on that on that movie. Nice. Uh, in a couple months. Nice. Awesome. So so anyway, how so, yeah. do you feel about the nominees in general? Overall, I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with the nominees. I was very curious how many best picture nominees there there was going to be given mm-hmm. the everything about 2020. Um and I'm pleasantly surprised that we got what eight. And I mean, they're all from the ones that I've seen, they're all they I mean, they all stand out as prestige movies, the kind of the you know, thing. I'm very happy about some of them, which we'll get to. Yes. And I'm excited to watch uh, several of them. I was, um, overall, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't really shake a stick at too many of these nominees or yeah. anything. It's, it's, it's a pretty solid. It's solid kind of a weird feeling, list. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no colorful, uh, pamphlet that you can point to and be angry about. Right. Uh, there's right. no, there's no clown person that yeah. you can be angry about. <laughs> um, so it's, it feels kind of weird that there, there just isn't, uh, an outrageous, I mean, there are some outrageous nominations here and mm-hmm. there, but, um, yeah, nothing to be too terribly upset about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Which will make for great podcasts. Oh, sure. absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even notice some of the omissions until I saw some people talking about them and yeah. everything. Because, granted, I didn't really pay too close attention to to like the announcement or anything, and I was just kind of still a little bit foggy in my kind of um, 
early part of the year just like okay i don't really it's i'm i'm burnt out from all of this stuff <laughs> um but i'm 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 overall satisfied with the nominees that we got okay um how before we go into the different categories and everything how do you feel about or what are what are your expectations for the ceremony and what have they said um because they they said i thought i saw something today where they said that they're not going to have any zoom presentations or anything um and that they're working really hard to make it the most safe in-person event or whatever so i'm kind of curious what that's going to look like yeah i haven't really followed that aspect of it too closely Um, did you watch the Golden Globes at all? I, I didn't. Okay. I, yeah. How, how were they? Did you? I, uh, I thought the actual ceremony worked out okay. I mean, uh, I, I was watching a Happy Madison movie while I, <laughs> while I had it on in the background, but mm-hmm. the parts that I paid attention to, uh, seemed to be working out mostly smoothly. I mean, they had okay. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. live in person and then all the nominees were on zoom right. um but i think all the presenters were there in person as well okay. um so obviously not ideal mm-hmm. uh and who knows with the vaccinations speeding along right. how how much it'll change by april 25th mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean it, it they, I, I feel like they handled it f- well enough. And did you hear that Steven Soderbergh is going to be a producer for the for the ceremony? I did not hear yeah. that. So, huh. so it's I'm all sh- going to be shot on iPhone. Yeah, some <laughs> weird, wild shit. I'm right. sure. <laughs> it's all going to be just every every nominee is going to, or every presentation is going to be a separate thing that you have to watch in a particular <laughs> order and everything. Um, he did Mosaic, right? Yeah, oh, I don't know. Oh yeah, that's that was a thing on HBO. I think Mosaic where. It was a whole bunch of, I don't know, uh, Google it. <laughs> Let them all talk. Check yeah. it out. Ah, yes. And check out your review. Yes. Yes. Um, I totally read everything. <laughs> um, yeah. So le- should we dig into the nominees? Let's do it. Okay. So first up, do you want me to name the first one? Sure. Uh, okay. So starting from the bottom, now we're here. Um, film editing. Uh, we have The Father. Uh, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So, Ben, what do you think of these nominees for film editing? Um, I'm okay with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I will pick. Okay. Uh, editing is kind of one of those weird, tricky categories that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you almost have to be an expert at it. or Right. Uh, I I don't think the editing guild or whatever has had their awards yet, so mm-hmm. I'll probably just end up picking whatever they uh, <laughs> crown as their biggest. Um, you know what nice. I would have nominated in here if I could to five bloods. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, that you know that that probably would be a good legit uh yeah nominee. But I was gonna say uh boys state oh, documentary yeah. because just huh. knowing like their like time frame and the way that their mm-hmm. shooting worked and just how they they must have just had tons of hours of footage oh, absolutely. to cut together and to piece it together in such a tight well constructed narrative must have been just so incredibly difficult honestly i'm 
I kind of wish that they had a separate category for documentary uh, film editing because like it, anytime, anytime I talk to a filmmaker like at Heartland or at a film festival and their documentary filmmaker, I'm like, I'm just like my immediate, my first question is, uh, how do you do what you do? <laughs> how, how do you do the editing process of a documentary when, especially in a type of documentary, which granted Boy State had like a set amount of time that they were covering and everything but like just picking the the kind of freedom and and um uh massive amount of footage that they would have to go through to construct a narrative um from the film editing is just i i really wish that there was like a documentary film editing yeah one but you know um that's a that's a good pick um yeah or that's a good pick for for what was snubbed um I would say in terms of, of, of the ones here, I would, I mean, sound of metal, I think would be a very good, uh, win for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, uh, tell me which of those have you seen and not seen? Ah, yes. So I have seen all of them except for the father. Okay. Same here. Nice. Um, I would say, yeah, sound of metal would be good. Mm. Um, I have a feeling if if I had to put money on it now, I have a feeling it would probably be Trial of the Chicago 7 mm-hmm. for no reason in particular, but just because it's such a sprawling narrative with so many characters and it yeah. covers so much. That's true. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I, I would really hope for Nomadland as well. Yeah. Um. I. I'm. I kind of want that to sweep all the categories it gets. It's yeah. gotten because that I. I really, I really like that movie, and I. You've seen it since we last talked about movies on the podcast. Um. um I have only seen it the once. Okay. And that was back in I think December. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember if we I'll, talked about it at all? I don't think we ever gave it like a proper review. Okay. What'd you think about it just in brief terms? Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, me too. Yep. And we'll talk even more about it. Oh, uh, yes. As this episode goes on. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you want to do the next one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, visual effects? Yes. Uh, visual effects. Love and Monsters. The Midnight Sky. Mulan. The one and only Ivan. And Tenet. Nice. And of these, I have seen Tenant, Mulan, The Midnight Sky, and Love and Monsters. Or in other words, no, 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 I haven't seen Mulan. So I've seen all of them except for the one and only Ivan and Mulan. Okay. Um, and I just want to say Love and Monsters. I was surprised to see that. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a cute little movie. <laughs> yeah, um, same here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I it just was not on my radar <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, I mm-hmm. I only knew of it because you and Kirsten ah, yeah. talked about it. So I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, um, it's it's very solid. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of visual effects, I I mean, I don't I don't. I guess the Midnight Sky was cool, but the movie overall didn't really do much of anything for me. I know that yep. you saw it. Yeah, uh, just recently. Yeah, um, and <coughs> it uh, also did not do really do anything for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, the visual effects were good. It's probably as close to a, uh, like a big budget kind of effects heavy blockbuster kind of thing yeah. on this list. I mean, 
Aside from Tenet, of course. Um, right. Or in other words, Tenet morph um, <laughs> Edaisa backwards. Um, aside from Tenet backwards. Oh. So okay. I inverted it. Uh, um, anyway. Anyway. Um, do you think Tenet has a chance to to get the to get the Oscar for this? It would be my pick. Okay, uh, it's what I want to win mm-hmm. because, as we discussed on whatever episode that was, mm-hmm. the practical effects versus the CGI effects mm-hmm. are uh, crazy. There are yeah. a lot more practical effects than CGI in mm-hmm. that movie, and. Uh, you would not really know that uh, looking at it if initially. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, visually, it it was spectacular. Like it delivered on visual effects and and stunts and everything. Like the the amount of work that went into the visual effects is very prominent in the movie. Uh, just everything else about it just did not work <laughs> for me. Or in other words, uh, M. Roth, I'm not gonna do all that. Okay. <laughs> um, Crow. <laughs> do Do you think if uh, Tenant loses, uh, Christopher Nolan will go up there and say, "If I can't have it, no one can." <laughs> I I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make it all God worth it. God damn right? it! Um, uh. So I uh, <laughs> I have not seen Love and Monsters or. Mm-hmm. One and only Ivan. So okay, the one and only Ivan is that a Disney movie? Yes, it's okay. on Disney Plus. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Did and uh, what do you think of Mulan? Uh, I was not terribly impressed with the visual effects. Okay. Uh, gotcha. or the movie in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kirsten and I watched Raya and the Last Dragon, and we were supposed to record, but we didn't. But. That movie did nothing for me <laughs> either. Um, so yeah. So I, and I was surprised because like I was I was I, I I don't know I was surprised that it's thirty bucks for the premium access. Like yeah. I was like even no, for a thank movie you. that's good. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I it would be nice if Love and Monsters gets the award. Like I think that would be my kind of pick just because. That's my pick for what I want to mm-hmm. win, just because I was I was really charmed by it. Um, I I don't think it has a snowball's chance in hell. Um, <laughs> honestly, the visual effects weren't great. I mean, it's it's a pretty low budget movie, so what they did with the with what I assume was the budget of the movie is pretty impressive. But it also kind of just has a a bit of a um kind of cheesy factor to it, I guess, just just very slightly. Um, but I was still charmed by it, and I think it would be nice to to see that get the win. Um, I think Tenant is more likely to get it, though. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the rules that I have learned uh, in my studies of the Oscars mm-hmm. um, is that um, the it's not necessarily the movie with the best effects. Mm-hmm. It's the one with the most like prestigious, uh, the most prestigious movie yeah. that had some visual effects. Like last year, nineteen seventeen beat out Avengers Endgame, oh, and yeah. Star Wars and Lion King. Oh, the year man. before that, it was First Man. Um, wow. so it's, 
I I don't know. Given that, I don't know if Tenet would get it. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I feel like Midnight Sky is probably a safe bet. Yeah, I I guess. <laughs> I just did not like that movie. And nope. I'm like predisposed to like that type of movie. Like I I am a sucker for like the uh the big budget studio prestigious uh yearly space movie. <laughs> yes. Uh that seems to come out every year. Like Ad Astra, The Martian, gravity all that but like the midnight sky just i it just didn't work it was for me boring as hell that's it why it was <laughs> it really was i will say the kind of set piece i think toward the middle of the movie um involving a spacewalk like as 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 kind of cliched as that is as a concept and as in execution it's it's still pretty cliched yeah the there are certain aspects to it that like when you know obviously you know that something is going to go wrong and that something is going to happen and while a lot of it was very much like copy paste from gravity yep uh there was like at least one element and then i can't even remember specifically what exactly it was but it stood out to me nonetheless at the time and like that was like the high point of the movie for me um yeah but it still didn't really work for me yeah yep um, shall we move on to original score? Sure. Okay, so this one um, is original score is The Five Bloods, Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. And uh, interesting that, uh, oh God, wow, Atticus Russ and <laughs> Ross. Ross? Ross? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, which one is it? <laughs> Atticus Ross. Ross. Tred- and Trent Reznor. Yeah. Um, Nominated for both Soul and Mank. Yep. Yeah. Um, of these movies, I have seen all but Mank. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how do you feel about this this uh, roster of nominees? I have seen all except for News of the World. Nice. Um, I, I don't have to complain about To Five Bloods in this category. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I... Uh, I really liked the score for Nomadland, so I'm kind of mm. surprised that it oh, yeah. wasn't nominated here. Yeah, especially because that movie is so... It, it is such an atmosphere movie yeah. that like, you would think that the score would like make it in the cut because mm-hmm. it's so prevalent, but wow, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the other one, uh, uh, surprisingly, Tenet. I, I yeah. love the soundtrack for that. Me too. Me too, um, Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, yeah, man. So. Um, yeah, I, I, that's that's the one category where I would have been like all all in for Tenet. Uh huh. Um, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do, I, do you think? Sorry, do you think that when like the like the Academy voters and everything when they sampled the um the soundtracks and everything do you do you think that like they just accidentally went deaf when they heard the Tenet score? <laughs> Um, or when they watched Tenant, or please, any... Matt, there's a whole <laughs> sound category where we can right. save all this. For... <laughs> yes, oh, I should have, I should have saved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I I should have brought this over, and I was planning on it, but I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, because Tenant was on the Oscar shortlist for, okay. uh, for original score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it just didn't make the cut though. Um, there's also, uh, the visual effects, 
uh, short list, but I can't remember what was on it that didn't make the cut okay. off the top of my head. But anyway, um, it's it's gonna be Soul. Yeah, yeah, and that I'm, I I loved Soul. Um, I I need to rewatch it because I. I was so taken with it just at a conceptual level. Um, it was like Pixar just going back to that complicated, um, the, the, well, going back to like a complicated, uh, construct in dispelling that information or, or saying a take on that information in a, in a very easy to digest way. Um, like they did with inside out and Coco even, um, which is kind of similar and to an extent, but it's uh yeah i just i loved soul mm-hmm. um yeah um i think that yeah I, I mean yeah uh soul i think is a good lock for it i think yeah now the next couple of categories are the short films which i have not seen any of them but if i understand correctly you have seen some of them i have seen some of them okay you um, want to just run with this uh these two categories? Yeah, sure. Uh, animated short and live action short mm-hmm. are uh, the are next two. Um, so I tried to get ahead of this and looked at the short list and tried to watch as many of them as I could before the nominations. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> go figure, uh, I've seen two of the animated shorts and three of the animated or three of the live action shorts nice okay that were nominated i saw a couple that were not Mm -hmm. um uh, i don't feel confident enough to pick any of them uh, in either category but um the live action short uh i i really liked feeling through and i really liked wide eye um okay if you go on my letterbox, I in my diary for all of the nominated ones, I post like where I watch them at. Mm-hmm. Um, like Burrow is on Disney Plus. If mm-hmm. anything happens, I love you is on Netflix. Right. Um, Which Netflix has a nice. Um, when I loaded up Netflix today, it's like, oh, view our Academy Award nominees collection, and it just has mm-hmm. all of the Oscar nominations that they have on there, or all of their nominations. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, just kind of all in one one little collection. Yeah. Um, the letter room I will point out stars Oscar Isaac and oh. Aaliyah Shawkat. Oh, and interesting. It was so disappointing. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Uh. Huh. I, I don't really have much more to say about it, but we can move on. So would you say that you gave it an F, the letter F, because the letter room or Pretty something? Pretty close. Yikes. Um, That's a shame. Yeah. I've heard incredible things about If Anything Happens, I Love You. Um, it is pretty dark. Yeah. yeah. That's what I understand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next category is, this is a change up from previous yes. years. Um, achievement and sound. Um, yes. Did they announce that they were changing this category or changing the categories? I'm sure they did. Okay. I don't remember when. It was probably sometime last year. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now we don't have to get the annual question <laughs> of what's the difference yes. between mixing and sound editing? Yes. I do not have to <laughs> pretend 
to uh, <laughs> I, I don't have to mumble my half-assed uh, thought of what it could mean <laughs> as someone who produces podcasts in his free time. <laughs> anyway, um, the nominees are Achievement in Sound, Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. And I've seen all of these except for Mank and Greyhound. And I've got to say, if Sound of Metal doesn't get this, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's a lock. Yeah. That, I mean, just that is one of the two things that everyone was saying about it when mm -hmm. it first came out. Yeah. The sound quality is great and Riz Ahmed. And, yeah. Yep. Uh, and it, sound itself plays such a pivotal role in that movie. Yes. Like it is, it is. <laughs> I almost said that old cliche. Um, it's almost a character in and of itself. <laughs> but no, it's it's so pivotal to it. And like when you get to the point, uh, to a certain point in the movie where it comes, like it lands like a hammer. And it is, it is the kind of summation of a lot of things about the movie. So it's, it's incredibly important. Um, and I think that they really nailed the sound design yeah. um, and the sound mixing. <laughs> uh as if i yeah know what it, that means. it would not have the same poignancy or resonance mm -hmm. that it does if it had been designed a different way the yeah. sound now um, oh sorry i was just gonna say do you think that the academy voters watched tenant and then got the <laughs> word were deaf and that's why they didn't nominate it <laughs> i i was gonna uh, like whoever would have accepted the award for Tenet for Sound would have done so with a garbled microphone and yes. uh, <laughs> halfway across the room. I uh, would wearing a mask. God, <laughs> and then whoever played like the orchestra or whoever they have playing the the playout music would just overload the yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's <laughs> fucking ugh. Anyway. I'm, um, I'm yeah. happy and surprised about Greyhound, though. Oh, um, yeah. You saw that movie. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. Um, interesting. Two Tom Hanks movies um, this year. Um, News of the World and Greyhound. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Greyhound, I didn't get a chance to see, or I didn't get around to seeing. How did you feel about it? Um, For those who didn't read your review. <laughs> it's okay. Um I think I was a little rosier on it than a lot of other people. Okay. Um, I could even see myself watching it again, just kind of like throwing it on in the background. I feel like nice. out of a lot of movies that would have been great to see in the theater, that would be one of them. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, I, I watch it on my shitty little iPhone <laughs> with my shitty little headphones. Right. And... It, it it just doesn't compare to a theater experience. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I definitely get that. Um Yeah. Um do you think it has a chance to win? No. Okay. Um I, it's, it's Yeah, cuz sound, sound of, of metal. metal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um do you want to go to the next one? Yeah. Okay. Um costume design? Yes. Okay. Costume design. Emma Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. 1992's The Mighty Ducks, <laughs> Mulan, <laughs> Pinocchio. I am so... Oh, because I, I watched Mighty Ducks instead of Mink? 
Uh, yeah. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, t- hey, say what you will. The Mighty Ducks had some great costume <laughs> design in it. Those uniforms, <laughs> man. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They really pop. <laughs> um, so I will see your. I'm going to bring up the five bloods in every category and everything, <laughs> and raise you one Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, um, because. This movie kind of blew me away, and the costume design in it is immaculate. It is, mm-hmm. it is phenomenal. So I think that that would be my pick. Um, also, I completely forgot that Pinocchio existed, like as a movie in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people probably did. Yeah, yeah. So I I have not seen Emma and Pinocchio. Okay, so right, I haven't seen those either, or Mink. So, but. I mean, I I, could, I so, could pretty much tell you what the uh, costumes look like in Emma. It's okay. you know a British period drama. Mm-hmm. So I just realized Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is the only one of this list that I've seen. <laughs> so wow. um, if you're filling out your ballots or your brackets or, or ballots, <laughs> um, I guess for for your own Oscar pool and everything, and you're um, judging your costume design on me just know that uh this is the only movie that i saw of this of this category <laughs> ma rainey's black bottom um i will say i the the costumes in milan were good nice. and they were very intricate okay um and i i agree i liked them in ma rainey's black bottom mm-hmm. um despite it like they're only being like a handful of characters and right. they're all, none of them really change costumes, but mm-hmm. it's not like most costumes. It's best right. costumes. So yeah. And um, just like the, how elaborate they are and everything. Like they look like, I mean, they look amazing. Yeah. And even I think with, um, even, even the, the heat of the scene, like the set where like everyone's sweating and everything. Like I think, I think mm-hmm. that kind of informs it also in, in a little bit. It accentuates the costuming, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, it's been a while since I've watched Mank, but the, mm-hmm. I feel like the costumes in that were good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, good enough to win. I don't know. Um, okay. cause I know. The Academy tends to go for the Emma type of costumes. Yeah. Like last year, Little Women won. So, oh, right. Um, Do you think, so, I mean, this is maybe too broad of a question, um, especially when we're kind of just in the middle of the nominees and everything, but do you think Mank, as someone who hasn't seen it, I'm asking, <laughs> do you think that that's going to have a chance to be like a, a sweep just because the Academy loves to jerk itself off with movie like with movies about movies and stuff um do you think that it has a has a chance to kind of you know kind of take everything not everything but most no okay um i think there's a small chance that it will win nothing okay um interesting not because it's bad uh it is good but i mean nomadland is just such a powerhouse this year yeah and i mean there, I could see it winning a couple, maybe one or two of the craft categories that it's nominated mm-hmm. in, like best craft um, services. Yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You can. Yeah. <laughs> it is a movie about Hollywood, so right, right. Got to have good craft services. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's it's 
kind of hard to say like what Netflix always gets a ton of nominations and Mank yeah. is the most nominated this year. Mm-hmm. But it very rarely pans out. Yeah, that that's true. That is like, that is true. Last year I th- was I think Laura Dern might have been the only Netflix nominee that won anything. Oh yeah. Like they had The Irishman and That's right. Marriage Story mm-hmm. and I think Laura Dern was the only one. We'll have to go back and yeah. check the tape on that. But that sounds right. Yeah. Um also I'm just I mean the Irishman I think I think uh I don't know. Well, I haven't seen Mink so I can't really compare the two, but <laughs> The Irishman was kind of a I don't know. I don't want to say dead on arrival kind of thing, but for me it was just like a dud. Well, it it kind of feels that way with Mank now. Like yeah. it, it's been out for so long and Nomad Land and Judas and the Black Messiah are just taking over the conversation, it feels mm-hmm. like. So Yeah. You might say that with with Nomad Land being kind of kind of one of the bigger conversation pieces of the <laughs> you're giving me a look. <laughs> yeah. One of the big conversation pieces. Um, with Nomadland being being uh, one of the big conversation pieces about this this uh, this crop of Academy Award nominees this year, you might think that maybe Netflix, like Netflix headquarters, would be you you don't know they could be upset about it. It could be all Madland um, because they're all mad about about uh, Nomadland. Um, so, do you want to pick uh, costume design or? Uh, yeah, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, since okay. that's the only one that I've seen. <laughs> I am really, <laughs> I'm I'm really proud of the idea for that joke, but the execution was nothing. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, so shall we move on to cinematography? Uh, I'll I'll pick Mank. For oh that. yeah, but, but yeah. Yes, what was let's, your pick? Let's talk. Uh, okay. Let's talk cinematography. Okay. So the nominees are Sean Bobbitt for Judas and the Black Messiah, Eric Messerschmidt for Mank. Uh, Darius uh, Walski for News of the World, Joshua James Richards for Nomadland, and Feedin Papa Michael for The Trial of the Chicago 7. So cinematography is one of the big ones, is, is, a, is a big category and everything. Um, of these nominees, I have seen Nomadland and The Trial of the Chicago 7. How about you? Um, I have seen... All of them except for News of the World. Okay. Um, and sorry, yeah. to go back to costume design, mm-hmm. uh, I wish that Birds of Prey would have been a nominee. Oh, there. that would have been interesting. Because they, I remember now, they were on the short list for that one. Okay. So interesting. Costume is hmm. great in that movie. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I, I need to revisit that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. Yeah. Anyway, cinematography. Uh yeah so uh, so you've seen all but news of the world uh, how do you feel about the this crop of nominees? Um, I am okay with it. Uh, okay. you know I wish that I forget if this was a shortlist category or not, but uh, I kind of wish that this would be a category with a uh, promising young woman. Yeah, because I liked yeah. the the kind of like bright colorful Mm -hmm. atmosphere of that one yeah oh yeah that that's a good point and i i i really want to revisit promising young woman Mm -hmm. um 
just just to get a different just to re not readjust but to just to see how i feel about it because there's a been a, so much conversation about it and i loved it yeah but i i i can't really reconcile my love for it with some of the detracting not not necessarily detracting opinions but some of the criticism levied at it um i i kind of want to re rewatch it just to kind of see if like those stick out to me or anything mm-hmm. but i loved it when i saw it um yeah yeah it it did have a very kind of rich color palette and mm-hmm. very there was a surprising amount of vibrancy to the like lighting and the the um the color and everything yeah um for a movie that has a lot of darkness surrounding it or mm-hmm. kind of on the on the out outer edges of it so yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. hmm. um but yeah i i like uh I like the nomination for Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even like it for Mank, and I like it for Judas and the Black Messiah because that was the the cinematography there was really great. The nice. the colors in that were just really worked with the tone of the movie. Nice. Um, I I mean Nomadland was stunning. Yeah. Um, especially with that just sprawling, um. Uh, sprawling kind of setting yeah. for it, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I would say for my my pick, it would probably be that over Trial of the Chicago Seven mm-hmm. and News of the World. I haven't seen Mank or Judas and the Black Messiah. How about you? Um, you know, I could see. I I think Nomadland is probably a pretty safe bet, mm-hmm. but I don't know a ton about it, but. I remember reading and hearing about the technical process that went into making Mank oh, and how yeah. they tried to make it look and feel as accurately uh, to the time period as possible, which mm-hmm. uh, really worked um, Yeah, in terms of the feel for it. Yeah, and... and- so so I haven't like I said I haven't seen Mank yet but I did start it a few times. Um this is when I was suffering from COVID and hashtag Matt Strong and um I started it a couple times and I just couldn't focus on it just because I was like I, I had a fever and I was just kind of bedridden with COVID. But the thing that I did notice the thing that did stand out to me and this is kind of going back to achievement and sound uh achievement and sound but the 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 kind of i don't know what i don't know if it was like a mono track or something or i don't mm-hmm. know exactly what processing went into it but it sounds like that crackly like 40s film yeah um and i like i i feel like there is so much work and care that must have gone into replicating that feel and that that sound and the look for the cinematography and everything um granted i haven't seen the movie so i don't know how it is past like the three minute mark but i think that that the those first three minutes are all you really need to watch oh yeah it has that (laughs) typewriter interior mank house or something the rest of the two plus hours are just (laughs) filler yeah yep that's what i hear (laughs) so yeah so did you give your pick for um or did i interrupt you (laughs) no i mean i i kind of wish washed it but okay I'll I'll probably pick Nomadland. Okay, nice. Um, and then, do you want to read off production design? As soon as my 
<laughs> Shitty website. We'll get back to it. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, oh, cinematography. Defy oh. Bloods. Have to mention oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good cinematography. I, um, you know, honestly, yeah. All my, the yeah. flashback scenes, the flashback scenes, uh, <laughs> where they they made it look like the the aspect ratio change, if I remember right, mm-hmm. and then like the the film stock kind of changed. Yeah. So it looked more period accurate. Very distinctive. So, yeah. 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 I honestly, I I would not give you any friction on that if they were nominated. Mm-hmm. I think that it deserved to be nominated. If not be a front runner for it because i my i don't i wouldn't even say i had issues with it i was just kind of meh about it mm-hmm. but the things that i was meh about it about it um were not due to anything stylistically in the cinematography i'll okay. say that okay yeah so um, so production uh, design production design we have the father ma rainey's black bottom d2 the mighty ducks <laughs> nice <laughs> News of the World and Tenet. Nice. Um, I've seen all of these except for Mank and the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would say Ma Rainey's Black Bottom just because. Well, I would say Ma Rainey's Black Bottom for what I want to get it, but I think the Tenet might actually have a shot to actually get it. Um, because of the scale and like the like the actual production design of that movie as nonsensical and as frustrating as I found that movie to be, it was like the actual design, like the production design, everything about it, like uh, all the pieces that came together and everything as nonsensical as they were. (laughs) Yeah. were pretty, pretty impressive um, in terms of set pieces, but that's stuff that Nolan has been doing for like 20 years. So, I mean, I I didn't expect anything less from him this Mm -hmm. time around. And he delivered on that front. Yeah, um, I can't argue with that because, uh, yeah, there were some great uh, great sets, great details in those sets. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, Stess, uh, Isat. We should um, say you are wearing me. red and I am wearing blue. Right. <laughs> or in other words, bit. Lube and uh, Lube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I've heard... Uh, I've heard good things about the production design for the father, believe it or not. Interesting. Um, cause it's, I mean, it's a play adaptation. I didn't know that about it. Mm. I, I know next to nothing about it except for what we've already talked about. I mean, yeah, that, those, those two things are pretty much what I know about okay. and, and the actors that are in it. Mm. Um, but I've heard that the production design in that is very good in terms of, nice. Like it, it doesn't have a ton of sets, but the mm-hmm. details in those sets are, uh, they really help establish the mood of the film and nice. all of that. Um, hmm. I think I might pick Mank in this just because it's, I feel like the Academy tends to go for these period, uh, period films that have you know, very specific, like last year, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood one. Yeah, that's true. And so they had to, for Mank, they had to get all these, you know, 1930s, 1940s Hollywood details. And there, there are some really great, uh, sets and nice. really great, uh, the, the production design is really, uh, stunning. Awesome. Yeah. 
I'll have to watch it. Um, (laughs) I, again, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I think that they just replicated that era incredibly well. And um, yeah, that's what, that's that's where where I'd go. Um, Is it my turn to read or your turn? Uh, I believe it's your turn. Okay. So now we're, now we're in the big ones. Um, Yeah. Holy crap. So best director. We've got Thomas Vinterberg for another round, David Fincher for Mank, uh, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Now, Ben, of these movies, I've seen every single one of them except for Mank. And I've I've got... s- go, go, oh, sorry, uh, go uh, ahead. No, you're fine. I was just going to say I was very pleasantly surprised to see Thomas Vinterberg be uh, nominated for another round. Have you seen that? Yes. Okay. What did you think of it? Um, I need, I feel like I need to watch it again because mm. I was not in the greatest of moods when uh. I watched it. Um, you so might seeing have... Mads Mikkelsen dance didn't lift your spirits? <laughs> well, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, you might say that I would need to elevate my blood alcohol content to <laughs> nice. fully enjoy it. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh yeah uh i i i don't think you're alone in being totally surprised that Mm -hmm. he was nominated because it was i mean we'll we'll talk about some of the other directors that he beat out but uh yeah uh it was surprising i mean i i'm i'm okay with it Mm -hmm. he directed the shit out of that yeah it was it was really like Something I really loved about it, for for those who don't know, it's about a group of men, um, Danish men, yes, who they kind of create like like they they decide to test a theory that they have that, um, by keeping their uh, blood alcohol level at a steady rate, like by constantly drinking and monitoring it, their life could be better, I guess. Um, um, but. It has obviously some complications and everything, and it, it's it. What I really loved about it was how it dispels or, or or how it how it gives us that story in a kind of clinical or methodical kind of way. Like they like they're typing up like research, like uh, like reports and stuff, like uh, like actual scientific data data and everything. And it's still pretty compelling and pretty interesting. So yeah, cool. um, yeah, uh, yeah. So what do you think of the um? Nominees overall, uh, aside from aside from him, and how upset are you that uh, Defy Bloods is not on there? Uh, yes, that yeah. that is that is on there. Uh, yes, Spike Lee could have and should have been nominated. I don't mm-hmm. know. Out of these nominees, I don't know whose place he would take. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh yeah. obviously Thomas Vinterberg is kind of the the sore thumb in this one but mm-hmm. uh like i said I, i'm not mad about him being nominated yeah um i am really thrilled and happy that lee isaac chung got nominated me too um, me too the rest of these it's uh, there there's no surprise that they were yeah um i would have liked to see uh regina king get nominated for yeah. one night in miami one night in Miami is another blind spot that I ha- mm. I haven't seen it and I've heard incredible things and it got it didn't get completely ch- no because Leslie o- mm-hmm. uh, Odom Jr. got a nomination um, yeah it got a couple yeah uh, which which we'll get to but yeah okay um yeah because 
in a year when there were several uh plays and musicals that were adapted mm-hmm. um I liked hers the best. I liked okay. One Night in Miami the best. Um, and we could have actually gotten even more nice. with uh, In the Heights and oh, uh, yeah. West Side Story were all right. supposed to come out last year. Oof. Yep. Ah, but, fucking 2020. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but In the Heights is coming soon, in June, I think. To HBO um, Max. Yep. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So did you say what your pick would be? Oh man, uh, it's, it's a tough one. It is. It is a tough no, one. You know, it's it's not that tough. It's gonna okay, be Chloe Zhao. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, granted, I hope so. We're we're recording this before the DGA awards are announced, mm-hmm. and that is almost a lock for what's gonna win the Oscar. Okay, but I mean, she won the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. She's she won, you know, all the top prizes at all the film festivals last year. Yeah, so. It'll be Chloe Zhao, yeah, and I will not be mad about it. Mm-hmm. I'm super happy about it. Me, me too. Um, I don't think Emerald Fennel has a chance. Um, I don't think I. I would like to see it because I did enjoy Promising Young Woman, but I think that it would be. I would be shocked if 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 she won in that category. In this category, yeah, yeah, maybe. But I, I mean, I would be happy with really Chloe Zhao, Lee Isaac Chung, or Thomas Vinterberg. Uh, Any of those three I would be happy with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. Because I think the general consensus from what I have read is that Vinterberg kind of took Aaron Sorkin's spot. Oh, okay. How do you feel about that? Are you... I'm fine with it. I I have kind of... I've kind of softened uh, I've I maybe hardened on that's weird. Um I've I've kind of loosened my I don't know. I, I You've soured on Soured. That's on, the uh, word. Thank you. Yes. Um I've kind of soured on Sorkin a little bit. I mean, there's just I, there's so much to I think he's a better writer than he is a director. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that. And that I mean that obviously He's very famous for his writing and particularly his dialogue is just rapid fire and um unrealistic but rapid fire and crazy but i i think that in terms of directing i mean i mean he did have a big task at hand directing such a such a um uh such a big ensemble and having it take place over a certain span of time and having to employ some flashbacks here and there and then giving equal time to equal characters and and having a lot to juggle like that i mean that's a lot and that is pretty it is it is surprising to see that he's not included but i'm i think overall i i just enjoyed another round a lot more uh reasonably more plus i think it helps vinterberg's case that it's a wholly original work that's true that he i think he wrote that movie as well Mm -hmm. um so i i think that kind of helped him out helped out I agree. In his favor. Yeah. And again, I, I mean, I would just be happy with Chloe Zhao, Lee Isaac Chung, or Thomas Vinterberg. Yeah. Or in other words, if any of those three won, then I would say that my apartment, when I'm watching it, would be its own nomad land because I would not be mad if any of those three won. All right. What's, what's next? <laughs> uh, actress in a leading role. Do you want to read the yeah. nominees? <laughs> okay. Actress in a leading role. Viola Davis from my Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. 
Andre Dave for United States versus Billy Holiday. I screwed that up very badly. <laughs> You're fine. United States versus Billy Holiday. There you go. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Francis McDormand for Nomadland. And Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Women. Nice. So, so I've yeah. seen all of these. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. Um, I have seen all of them except I, I have not seen the United States versus Billy Holiday or Pieces of a Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so since you've seen all of them, wh- which is the standout for you? You know, I might be alone in this one, but personally, I liked Vanessa Kirby the best. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. That, again, that's another one of those movies where I know the subject matter and I'm like, oh, I I don't know if I can, I don't know when I'll have the emotional capacity to to kind of (laughs) dive into this movie. And I I put it off for the exact same reason. Nice. And... I'm glad that I watched it, but yeah, the the opening, uh, if you've heard anything about it, uh, the opening is exactly as advertised. Jeez, I mean it's it's very impressive, mm. uh, just from a technical logistical standpoint, mm. but it's rough. Ugh. And she is great just just in that those moments alone, mm-hmm. but the rest of the movie, she's incredible. Nice. Um, who 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 does she star opposite that? Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's right. Okay. How was he? He's a lot. Okay. <laughs> uh, think of how you felt about uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Oh, in yeah. Tenet. And oh, there's a maybe, joke I can make. Maybe and I'm not dial it down it. <laughs> a little bit, but okay. kind of on that level. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can definitely see that in him, like him just kind of <laughs> going big. Um, yeah. That That being said, he is not the the only reason that that movie doesn't work okay um it's got its own script problems and all that but anyway um this category for me of the three that i've seen ma rainey's black bottom nomadland and promising young woman um i think that those three performances viola davis francis mcdormand and carrie mulligan i think that those three are powerhouse performances Mm -hmm. like this is a freaking stacked category yes and um i think for for me i i think my heart lies with Frances mcdormand um she in in nomadland she puts so much into her performance like so much quiet pain and mourning into her performance that i it's just it is it is a a, a knockout performance. It is it's mm-hmm. a powerhouse. And as much as I I think Carrie Mulligan and Viola Davis did a phenomenal job as well, I've I've got to go with Frances McDormand. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it is a very subtle performance, and it's yeah. Uh, I I can't really imagine another actress that could pull off what she did. So yeah, same here. Um. And yeah, I, I mean, up until the Golden Globes, I would have agreed with you, but she mm-hmm. did not win the Golden Globe. That's right. Who won? Andra Day. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How was the United States versus Billie Holiday? Um, kind of like Pieces of a Woman. She okay. Andra Day is the best part. Uh, uh, okay. It's very like I said. That's this what my... you meant by that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was nervous. <laughs> um, I said this in my letterbox review, but it's basically the same as every other musician biopic uh yeah like yeah uh ray and 
uh, Walk the Line and Rocket Man and. Mm-hmm. After Rocket Man, I, I have I'm I'm taking a sabbatical from music <laughs> biopics. Um just because as whimsical and as interestingly produced as that was, I also can't deny that it just it was exactly like every music biopic that you can that that throw like throw a dart at a wall of music biopics and it's mm-hmm. like it's the same structure and same everything as any of the others. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, and like I said, Andre Day is great. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she, it's more than an imitation of Billie Holiday because Billie okay. Holiday has a very distinct voice. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I'll have to do some research to see if she actually sang herself or, uh, yeah, uh, if it was a vocal track. But do you, so, in terms of like music biopics like that, or or not even music biopics, but like movies that have like vocal performances like that and and music and everything, do you, when gauging a an actor's um, performance, do you? I, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Do you knock points off if it's a vocal track that they're just playing to, or if they do the work to actually do the do the vocalizing and everything? It is definitely more impressive if they are singing themselves, mm-hmm. like Bradley Cooper sang himself in uh, yeah. um, *Stars Born*. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I was very impressed with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I'm an idiot, so I can't really <laughs> say uh, that I'm an expert at you know detecting mm-hmm. whether they're actually singing themselves or not. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, also yeah. also working in Andre Day's favor is um, Renee Zellweger won for That's Judy right. last year, mm-hmm. which is, again, a musician biopic that right. hits a lot of the exact same notes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, maybe it's, it's going to become its own thing. But, yeah. uh, and then Remy Malek won for... Mm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. Yeah. So, um, hmm. who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I want I want Vanessa Kirby to win. I think I would still put my money on Frances McDormand. But then again, she's won what two or three Oscars already. Oh, she's won yeah. at least two. Huh. She won for Fargo and mm-hmm. three Billboards. Oh, that's right. Don't so, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe one other one as well but i can't remember i know she mm. was has won those too so i think if it's not francis mcdormand it might actually be carrie mulligan i would be happy with that yeah um yeah I, and carrie mulligan is an actress that i've i've i wouldn't say that i've been following her career but i remember the first time that i saw her was when she was in that episode of uh, I almost said of Blink-182, um, of Doctor Who titled Blink. And like, that's, that's like, that is a, a famous episode of Doctor Who where a lot of people are like, this is the entry point. This is where you need to watch this episode to get a good feel for what the show is. Um, and she, like, she is the focal character in that. And like, it always stood out to me. as like, this is a good performance. Um, and then when I, when I saw Promising Young Woman, I was like, I, for some reason, I think because her performance in Doctor Who and the performances that I've seen from her since then, um, 
she seems like an older performer like she seems older than than she is so like when i was like oh she's playing like a 30 year old in this that's kind of that's kind of weird i was like oh wait yo wow and then i had a little bit of an existential crisis like oh my god she's like younger than me and like (laughs) i was a kid when i i felt like i was a kid when i watched blink but i was in my 20s but um (laughs) i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that but um i think it'd be it, it would be great for carrie mulligan to win just because i feel like she is kind of a um a performer who hasn't hasn't broken out the way that I feel like her talent mm-hmm. um, would necessitate her to have at this point. Right. So yeah. So if there are problems with promising young woman, um, perhaps if it, perhaps aside from any problems with it, I think her performance is strong enough to to earn an award. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to actor in a leading role? Uh yeah okay is it and my turn or yours I think it's mine okay so we've got uh, actor in a leading role Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Anthony Hopkins for The Father Gary Oldman for Mank and Stephen Yun for Minari now I have seen all of these except for Mank and The Father um I believe that Riz Ahmed is the first Muslim to be nominated mm-hmm. for actor in a lead role and um. Stephen Yun is the first uh um asian american yes to be nominated for best actor um how do you feel about the these these nominees uh fantastic yeah uh uh of course this is the uh drop the to five bloods uh, oh yeah clip in here who uh, would you have wanted to get the best actor in a lead role delroy lindo okay you don't think that that would have been supporting no Okay. I think he distinguishes himself enough throughout nice. that movie to justify uh leading role status. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um so what who would you pick for this and who do you think will win? Um I think that Chadwick Boseman is as as safe of a bet in any of these categories mm-hmm. as any. Yeah. I yeah, I I agree and it's it's tricky. I feel like maybe this is my own personal perspective on things, but I kind of feel like when we have like a posthumous nominee, um, I'm I'm I kind of feel like maybe there is whispers or an undercurrent to it that like oh if they win it's just because they died, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think so. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was Chadwick Boseman's final performance, and I mean. I was blown away by that performance. There is so much pathos to that performance and so much just filtered and unfiltered rage and and uh, power behind his performance in that in that movie and I think that I mean I think tragedy aside he was maybe my favorite uh male performance of of the year of the movies i saw and i think he would be very very well deserved um to to win that um but then again riz ahmed was fantastic Mm -hmm. and i loved stephen young as a more subtle kind of um um understated uh performance so i don't know it's it's a toss-up but i think chadwick boseman is is kind of a lock um 
Yeah. Would you have rather seen him nominated for the Five Bloods over Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or? Um, no. Uh, I maybe this is just me, but I was never super into the campaign to uh nominate him for the Five Bloods. Interesting. Um, okay. Though I would take any nomination for Defy Bloods mm-hmm. uh, at this this point, but um, yeah, I mean, just I I feel like there were bigger supporting performances in Defy Bloods than him. Okay, um, yeah, because I mean, yes, he is very good in the scenes that he's in. He's mm-hmm. just not in them a bunch. Yeah, and he doesn't get a ton to do compared to the other actors that are in that like isaiah whitlock or clark yeah. peters yeah i i agree yeah mm-hmm. wow that cast is amazing um nominated for best cast at the sags oh nice mm-hmm. have the sags happened no okay i think they're the first weekend of april gotcha. april 4th i think okay um how do you feel about riz ahmed's nomination really <laughs> fantastic super yeah. happy that he got it yeah. uh same with steven young i mean mm-hmm. he's and both of them are actors who have had really solid uh really effective careers mm-hmm. especially the last couple of years like steven young yeah. with burning um uh, also in um sorry to bother you yes yeah yep uh and then riz Ahmed just Ever since he kind of came on the scene, just everything that I've seen him in, he's yeah. been great. Nightcrawler, um, uh, the the night of, mm-hmm. I mean, he, uh, this is very well deserved. Um, yes, yeah. And I I forget if he won the Golden Globe or not. Um, maybe. Oh. Uh, okay, so he did not win the Golden Globe. Okay, who won the Golden Globe? Um, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, gotcha. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, cause his, his, his wife, yes. uh, gave the, uh, uh speech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you want to move on to original screenplay? Yes. Okay. And it's your turn if you want to read them. Okay. Uh, original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Nice. And I've seen all of these except for Judas and the Black Messiah, and I am assuming that you've seen all of them? I have, yeah. Nice. How do you feel about this category, and what would you pick to win? Oh, man. Um, Original screenplays are tough to Mm -hmm. predict sometimes, and this would be one of them. (laughs) Um, You know... As much as I don't want it to, I think the winner is probably going to be Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. Just because I know the Academy tends to drool over Aaron Sorkin and his screenplays. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, I And and I liked the Trial of the Chicago 7. I, I really did. But, man, like, I think that of the four that I've seen, of the five, um, the Trial of the Chicago 7 would probably be lowest on the totem pole for me um Hmm. i i would love if minari got it um i think that that because that that screenplay that that story and everything is such a quintessentially american like um uh what's the word i'm looking for like um the american dream story and through 
through the perspective of um, Korean American uh, characters, like I think that that's an, a really interesting um, perspective to present that from, mm-hmm. um, or to present that that American dream story. And I think that that lends such a uniqueness to it. And it's like Stephen Young's performance; it's understated. It's it's very subtle in the way that it tells the story. Whereas, like Promising Young Woman is is kind of more bombastic in the storytelling and very um flashy i guess would be the word that i would use to describe it and i to a lesser extent sound of metal has for for the script for sound of metal i i kind of found like slight issues with how it depicted his um his his and well i can't really speak to this but the kind of attitude that it has toward like cochlear implants and and surgical correction of of uh, deafness like that that kind of just it felt a little weird to me in a sense mm. and I can't speak to that because I'm not part of that community or anything obviously but I I just felt like that just kind of felt a little a little strange to me um but yeah I don't know I think I think I would go with Minari okay um, yeah um yeah uh. I think I I would love to see a uh, promising young woman win for this mm-hmm. just because it's such an original take on yeah. the quote unquote rape revenge yeah. uh, story or the even just like the me too kind mm-hmm. of movement in a right. way. Um, I, I think that's, that was a great way to tackle it. Um, and I, I agree with your assessment of Minari. It feels very mm-hmm. personal. Like yes. Lee Isaac Chun could have, I think he was the, the screenwriter for that one. I think so. Um, yeah. He is the only person that could have told that story. Absolutely. So, um, you know what I would have liked to see here? And I I don't know if Defy Bloods would qualify as original or adapted, but oh, yeah. um I'll just toot that horn there. But sure. um uh the assistant. Yeah, man. Okay. So the assistant and never rarely, sometimes always. Mm-hmm. Those two, do they get completely shut out? Yes. Okay, that is a that is a that is a travesty. Yeah. Both are incredible, incredible movies. I mean, I can understand why because mm-hmm. you know they had little to no buzz to them yeah. outside of critic circles. That's true. Um, like neither one of them was nominated for any of the Golden Globes or the SAGs or yeah, um, any or even the BAFTAs. Um, so uh I I can understand it from that standpoint but mm-hmm. like the assistant with its screenplay was just just such a unique way again to tell the me too story or the yeah. Harvey Weinstein story right um and just all the the subtle ways that it did that uh I was yeah. really impressed with absolutely yeah man hmm um, um yeah. I guess also to backtrack, Julia Gardner would have gotten would have gotten on my Oscar ballot, but same here. Anyway, yeah, she God, yeah, that's a shame. Um, did you give your your pick for um, original screenplay? I'll probably just pick Trial of the Chicago Seven. Okay, I, I yeah. don't want it to win, but sure, 
That seems like the safest bet. Okay. Um, so moving on to adapted screenplay, um, I have a question about this, but uh, we've got Borat, subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomadland. No, read, read the full title for Borat. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Borat, subsequent movie film, blah, 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 blah. Um, the Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. And I've only seen Borat, subsequent movie film, and Nomadland um, uh-huh. of this list. And how, in what way is Borat adapted? I think, so the Academy has these weird rules as far as what qualifies for adapted and original, because I had the mm-hmm. same question as well. The answer is that Borat was a previously existing character, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sure. Okay, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> but I mean it's it's incredible. It's it's crazy that it would get a, a nomination in this category it, Absolutely. Like if you would have said in February of 2020 that <laughs> the 2021 like the nominees for the 2021 Academy Awards were going to include Borat 2 for best adapted screenplay in that most of us would be, will will have been working from home for the most part for the the entire year, and that half a million of us would be dead. Exactly. <laughs> um, that I, yeah, it's too so weird. To that point, I will point out, and I'm fairly positive this is accurate. Mm-hmm. The original Borat was nominated in the screenplay category. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. So there is precedent. Okay. Yeah. That being said, uh, the Borat 2 screenplay just wasn't... Yeah. Uh, it honestly didn't leave an impression with me. Mm-hmm. Even like the Rudy Giuliani stuff, which I thought was was pretty crazy, it I, was kind of fleeting to me. I feel like the uh, the scripted parts of Borat were the weakest parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think there is a there is a very touching father daughter kind of story there, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I don't know. I, like I said, just didn't leave an impression. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my pick would be Nomadland, but then again, yes. I've only seen two of them, so uh, I, yeah. I would also pick Nomadland, especially like just knowing that just how uh, Chloe Zhao adapted that story yeah. and how most of the actors in that are not traditional actors. They're mm. just regular people and how she was able to craft that story would have is, is great. Absolutely. Um, snub here. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, especially given that it was written by Charlie Kaufman yeah. and he's, he he's an Oscar winner right. for screenplay, and, and holy shit, that movie got completely shut out. Yes, it did. Wow. I mean, I I don't huh. I think if it would have gotten any nominations, mm-hmm. uh, screenplay would have been one of them. Yeah, but even that was probably a long shot, just because I feel yeah. like Netflix kind of 
forgot to campaign for it, maybe. Right. Uh, I mean, they did just... put all their weight behind Mank. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and I'm I'm looking to verify this. I mean, it was my top movie of the year, <laughs> and here I'm just like, oh, it got completely shut out, and I had no opinion about it or no <laughs> knowledge of that. Um. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's a shame. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, animated feature film? Sure. Okay. And uh, your turn to read. Okay. Yes. I already know that I, I'm I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on this category because I know that one <laughs> is going to be, uh, you, you, I don't know. Well, yeah. Would you say it would send us over the moon? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just move onward. <laughs> Animated feature film, Onward. Over the Moon, Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. Yes. And I've seen all of these except Shaun the Sheep. Yeah. Okay. And I know that you were a big fan of the Willoughbys from Netflix. Um, I don't know if you I'd say. You loved it <laughs> and you have a tattoo from it. Yeah. Yeah. My whole house is, we're, <laughs> our family costume for Halloween this year is the Willoughbys. Nice. Um, I. I would say that it was better than Over the Moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Over the Moon uh, was another movie that just did not leave an impression yeah. on me and just felt so just kind of rote. And, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it was a basic bitch. Um, <laughs> no, it, was, it just seemed kind of a thing. Standard. Standard, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Do you think Wolfwalkers has a chance to uh take this away from Pixar? No. Okay. Interesting. And which Pixar movie do you think will get it? Soul. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Onward was was fine. It was good, but uh Soul I think has just a lot more Yeah. Uh, soul to it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean I've seen all of these and I I still like Wolf Wolfwalkers the best. Okay. Yeah. Um just because I the story may not have been the most original, but mm -hmm. the way that it animated uh, was just so impressive, and it was just far from the you know the Pixar standard uh, yeah kind of style. It it was incredibly distinctive. I I will give it that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't too engaged with it on a story level, but I mean the the visual style was was really really uh really strong yeah i yeah. think if i had to you know bet my stimulus check on <laughs> any category mm. uh it would be animated feature and probably soul okay yeah yeah i think that that's a very safe bet yeah um i mean it's it's not called the pixar category for nothing right so. oh yeah and do you want to skip original song or do you have thoughts on that? Because I, I have no thoughts on any of these. No, I have no thoughts. Okay. Um, so documentary feature. We've got Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. And of these five, I've only seen Crip Camp and Time. And oh. yeah, yeah. I didn't know you had seen Time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it was good. I, I liked it, but I, I think I... I liked Crip Camp more, but also, I mean, it was it was fine. Like it didn't blow me away. Mm -hmm. Shocked and appalled that 
uh, Boy State is not on here. Same here. That, yeah, strap yourself in because yeah. I've got several snubs for this category. Nice. Let's let's hear them. All right. So I have seen all of these except for the mole agent. Okay. And I will see the mole agent because it's on Hulu. Okay. Um. So yeah, Boy State I would say is the biggest snub, mm-hmm. and it was on the short list. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see what else. Uh, 76 days was on the short list. Oh my God. 76 days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn it. Um, and, uh, let's see what else was on the short list. I didn't see this one, but I think you did MLK FBI. I, I did. And mm-hmm. I, I liked it, but also it was a, it was a kind of a weird, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was an interesting it was an interesting documentary and it did have a lot of interesting things to say, but also the entire documentary is based around the fact that in like 2027 um the records of the like the FBI records for MLK are going to be open to the public or something. Okay. And it's just like I I don't really get necessarily the point to make a documentary now and not then. <laughs> Um, but it was, it was good. It was engaging. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what else could have been, uh, I don't even think this was on the short list, but athlete a yeah. from Netflix, that, the story yeah. about the, uh, Larry Nasser mm-hmm. scandal. I really enjoyed that one. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really good one. And uh, there was another one that I was gonna say, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I'm surprised the social dilemma didn't get that, but I'm not. Hmm. Also, that I that's a weird I, hybrid too. So I forget. I don't think that one was on the short list. Okay, but um, Dick Johnson is dead. Oh yeah, which I liked it at the time. I think I have kind of soured on it a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I still like it. But I've kind of my feelings have kind of warmed over a little bit. Sure. So, um, but still, I I like it a lot better than. I mean, my octopus oct- octopus teacher is good. Okay. But it's not as good as any of the ones that we just mentioned. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There was a desert one. I think was. Was that on the short list? Do you know? Mm-hmm. No, nope. that was that was a really cool documentary. Uh, I think you watched this one, uh, All In, the fight for democracy. I, I did, and I liked that a lot mm-hmm. too. Wow, there were a lot of snubs in this. <laughs> um, I also think that the documentary Rewind, um, was eligible for it. I saw it in twenty nineteen at okay. Heartland, but um. I would have loved to see that get a nomination because that was an incredible documentary. Okay. Yeah. Um, The Painter and the Thief, also great. Oh, yeah. Uh, That one, I believe, was on the shortlist for... Okay. Was it for International as well? It it was Hmm. definitely for a documentary, but... Okay. um, Anyway, that I I think that's the the biggest ones that I wanted to hit on ones that did not get nominated. Okay. Um I don't know I don't know what I'm going to pick for this one. Interesting. It's kind of hard to tell where the 
Academy is leaning. I did really like Collective. Oh yeah. Um uh, yes. Okay. Uh that one is coming to Hulu. I want to say the 25th. Okay. of March. So uh I feel like that one would be right up Tiny's alley. Nice. So nice. Tiny if you're listening, check that one out for sure and let me know what you think. Sweet. Um but yeah, I mean what what do you think? Um I would love to see Crip Camp get it. Um just because I I think that that's an it's an interesting story and I I really I I I think it was told well, I guess. I mean, yeah. that, that's kind of just a I'm just going to be forever sad that Boy State didn't get a nomination. Same uh, here. Yeah. Um yeah, I for the sake of brevity, I will also I guess pick Crip Camp okay. because as well last year um American Factory won and that one oh, was yeah. produced by the Obamas mm-hmm. and so was this one. So Okay. I don't know. For that reason hmm. mostly. Nice. Um shall we move on to international feature film unless you have anything for documentary shorts? Um just real quick I can say I've seen all of these. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, um any you recommend? Uh Hunger Ward I just watched today is maybe the hardest movie I've ever sat through. Oh, really? Uh, ever had to sit through. Hmm. Like, I considered turning it off after the first 10 minutes or so. Like... It is rough. Is it? Is it in terms of content or production? Yeah. Content. Or? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's about the civil war in Yemen. Okay. And specifically, it's about a hospital... Mm-hmm. That is treating um, children who are mal- malnutritious. Oh, mal malnourished. Yeah, malnourished because because of the war, nobody can get aid into the country. Jeez. So all these kids are starving, and it is brutal. Ugh. It is rough. Yeah, that sounds like something I don't want <laughs> to see. <laughs> I do not blame you. Interesting. Um, as for good ones, mm-hmm. um, Do Not Split is, I liked quite a bit. It's okay. about the protests in Hong Kong. Okay. And it's told on a very, kind of like 76 days, very like on the ground, nice. no talking heads, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. very in the moment. Um, so it's it's just about the protests there and how uh, it's just told from a people's perspective. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about uh what's gonna win but yeah. that's that's just all i'll say okay and is it my turn or your turn um my turn okay uh so international feature film international feature film another round from denmark better days from hong kong collective from romania the man who sold his skin from tunisia and ku vadis aida question mark from <laughs> Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah, so another round is the only one that I've seen of this. And um, yeah, I loved it. And I think that uh, it would be a good pick. Um, how about you? Uh, yeah, I think another round is the favorite here. And nice. it probably will win. I have seen all of these except for The Man Who Sold His Skin. Okay, interesting. Um, And yeah, col- Collective is 
very good. And it's it's kind of surprising that it it's kind of like Honeyland from last year. Oh yeah. I was not crazy about Honeyland. Yeah. You're um, wrong. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think that was a situation where I watched it in kind of a a, a screener fugue state. Mm-hmm. So I like just powered through to watch it and it was like I wasn't I didn't latch on to whatever narrative was there for me to find. And I just was like, I, I just was completely disengaged the the entire time through it. So mm. I think that that's, maybe if I revisit it, I will appreciate it more. I will say that I did recently have a dream involving a lot of bees. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm primed for that now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be another round. Okay. Um, I don't, I forget if I've said this on the podcast or already or not, but I did not watch a ton of international movies last year. Yeah, same here. Uh, not because they were hard to find or anything. I just didn't get around to too many of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Cuvatis Aida is pretty good. Okay. Um, I knew nothing about it going into it, and I was pretty impressed. Nice. Um, Better Days kind of sucks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. And Collective, yeah, Collective is very good. Um, nice. <laughs> I was going to make this joke in the documentary category, but... Okay. So uh, it's it's hard to really classify Collective as a documentary because it imagines a world where a bad thing happens and something changes because of it. <laughs> uh never it's, had that experience so, before <laughs> yeah no it's it's totally foreign to us right um but yeah wow. it's it's a very good very good film uh nice. tiny check it out yes um tiny check out all of these <laughs> um so uh actor in a supporting role um we've got sasha baron cohen for the trial of the chicago seven daniel kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racy, Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. So I've only seen Sound of Metal and The Trial of the Chicago 7, but in terms of talent in this category, um, first of all, I mean, Paul Racy, I think, did a phenomenal job as a yes. kind of a breakout in that role. Um, but I have got to say, I am just... So happy to see both Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield Mm -hmm. and Leslie Odom Jr. But Lakeith Stanfield in particular, I think I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah, but I would love, love, love to see him win just because I think he is incredibly talented. Um, What do you think of this category? I think that, uh, yes, I I share how you feel that it's it's great that both of them are nominated because I don't think Lakeith was nominated at the Golden Globes. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, but uh, I I'm happy that both of them are nominated. I think it's kind of weird, and I think the biggest quote unquote controversy that mm-hmm. uh, people got out of the uh, nominations in general mm-hmm. is that they're both nominated in the same category. Which, oh yeah. Once you see huh. that movie, you will totally agree with me that oh, Lakeith yeah. Stanfield is the lead actor in that movie. He is so not a just supporting actor. 
was this was this like a political move with the campaigning for it? So here's what I understand about it, and I may be wrong. Okay. So the way that the nominations are tabulated is that an actor, whatever category an actor gets the most nominations in is what they are nominated for. And so I think the studio that did Judas and the Black Messiah uh, campaigned for him in both, I guess. I see. And so he ended up, and I think, I don't know how accurate this is, but I think I heard that whichever category gets tabulated first, that is what they'll get nominated for. I think so, I heard something like that too. That's that's unique. <laughs> yeah, and, and huh. I don't totally agree with it. But, right, same here. Um, so that could explain it. Okay. Uh, hmm. Again, I might be wrong on some of the details, but I feel like that's accurate. Okay. So, but again, once you watch it, you will agree with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield is not the supporting actor in that movie. Okay. I don't know who who would be if they both are if they both qualify as a uh supporting actor. Right. Um huh. But um as uh, uh yeah, uh also super happy that Paul Rassi was nominated cuz yeah. I did not see that coming. I was uh rooting for it, but I didn't think it was happen just right. because I mean from I I think I read this that he didn't even have a Wikipedia page before this movie. Oh, that's awesome. So, um I I'm happy with the nominees overall. I would be kind of annoyed if Sasha Baron Cohen were to win it. Yeah. Just I, because I was kind of annoyed with his performance because it's so showy and so schmucky. It, I guess. I, I totally get that. I, I definitely I definitely get that. Um, but I, I think that he, I, I think, I think he did, I, I think he is the best of the crop of, of that ensemble in his performance. Maybe, mm. um, I might walk that back if I revisit the movie, but it's, um, oh my God, what is his name? Um, Jupiter Ascending and Eddie Stephen Redmayne. Hawking, Eddie Redmayne. He does something with his voice that, mm-hmm. I mean... It's something that it's just so evocative of that particular type of like young political kid kind of activist person mm-hmm. that like I can't really articulate it that well, but it's just it seems like so on point. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but I think Sasha Baron Cohen stood out to me in that in that movie, but it's been a while since I've seen it. Maybe it's just because I liked him like him as an actor in general, but I liked um Mark Rylance more. Yeah. And I don't know if he would technically qualify as a supporting actor in mm-hmm. that movie or not, but I feel like he should, but also I kind of feel like him and who who played the judge? Frank Langella. If, yeah, Frank Langello Langello? Langella? Langella. I don't know. Um, he, I think they both were um, less so for Rylance, but I feel like they were both kind of sidled with weaker, 
weaker roles in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. um in the in the grand ensemble um because they kind of like especially Franklin Jello he seemed just kind of cartoony yeah in in kind of a like antagonistic the big bad role. guy yes mm-hmm. yes um yeah and when he slams his gavel and he's like if i can't have order no one can <laughs> Um, so speaking of actors in a supporting role mm. and snubs, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so who do you think was snubbed for the five bloods? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, if I, if we were to take Lakeith Stanfield out of here, I honestly would would have just put him in put in one of the other guys from one night in miami okay interesting um, i don't know hmm. i mean that is, that is a true there is no leading actor in that yeah. movie so it, it would be justified there okay but i still think that daniel cluey is gonna win nice that's I'd- gonna be my pick I'd be happy with that. I, I've I've been a huge fan of him ever since I saw his episode of Black Mirror several, several years ago. Um, so actress, Anthology Podcast. Antho- yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> check out anthologypod.com, which is I'm so excited. Just quick, I'm so excited because I since we got the new equipment and everything, I have been recording anthology episodes um in a very I'm I'm excited because I have the first like four episodes of season three ready to go and basically um (laughs) the ten dollar patreon supporters already have access to three of those and what i'm going to do is when i start season three i'm going to put the like the day that the that the first episode drops on the main feed i'm going to release the early access for the fourth episode and then the fifth episode for the second episode and you know so on and so forth that way patreon supporters who already have access to that get a new episode when the when the when the previously early access episode on Patreon dropped um same day. So that'll that'll be fun. Anyway, um <laughs> so check out patreon.com slash viewer. Um so actress in a supporting role, I believe it's your turn or my turn? I can take this one. Okay. I think it is your turn. Okay. Yeah. Actress in a supporting role, Maria Bakalova from Borat's subsequent movie film. Say the Glenn- full name. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Close from Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Amanda Seyfried from 1996, D3, The Mighty Jacks, <laughs> <Nice>. and <laughs> Yoon Jin Jung from mm-hmm. Minari. Okay. So I have seen Minari and Borat subsequent movie film. Um, how do you feel about this category, and who do you think will win? <sighs> I mean, <laughs> this is... This may be one of the more difficult categories to predict. Interesting. Um, Glenn Close has never won. That's correct. Okay. Which you might say totally uh, is the reason why she was nominated for Uh, a garbage role in a garbage movie. Yeah, I've heard. I don't think I have heard a single positive thing about Hillbilly Elegy. No. Not, Not even really. I mean... Maybe there are a handful mm-hmm. of her performance. Okay. But the rest of it, no. Do you think there will be a revolt if she wins? <laughs> um, like I I I think that it could be like a legacy nomination yeah. or, or legacy uh, legacy win if she wins, but I mean 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. That would be I haven't seen Hillbilly Elegy, but I don't really have any interest in seeing it. Nor should you. Yeah. Uh, out, outside of morbid curiosity. Right. Um yeah. She it, it is I kind of I don't want to say that I expected it to get zero nominations. Mm-hmm. But I still thought there was an outside chance she would get nominated for um for this. Okay. Plus, um did did we mention it's nominated in freaking costumes? Oh, did did we? I um what I Is I, it? I don't even? think I'm making that up. Let me um, scroll back down. Because I feel it. like we would have talked about it. <laughs> um but also Oh no, I guess it did. Okay. I was gonna say like you in can my cut that out. No, that's fine. <laughs> in my head, I'm like we would have talked about it, but then also it's Hillbilly Elegy. Like it could have yeah. just completely blown I, past. I think if I remember right, I think it was on the short list. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, so yeah, I've seen all of these except for the father. And mm-hmm. from what I've heard, Olivia Coleman is very good. Uh, I mean, she's, she's freaking Olivia Coleman. Yeah. So. If she wins, she won for the favorite, mm-hmm. and then did she also win? Like, no, no. Okay, that's her only win. Okay, I thought she won for something else. Huh, she might have won an Emmy because she's on the Crown. That may but I don't know. have been what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, I don't know, but um. Yeah, so so did you already say what your pick would be? Um, no. Can we talk about uh Union Jin Jung for Minari? Yes, absolutely. And how great that nomination is. Yes. Um I I love every performance in, in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um I really was kind of heartbroken that I uh that that the kid wasn't nominated. Yeah. Um. Just because I I think he did a phenomenal job, but mm-hmm. but yeah. So so yeah. How did how did you feel? Uh. Yeah. Uh. I I'm surprised and happy that she got a nomination. Um. I was kind of afraid. I think we talked about this in the Golden Globes that mm-hmm. I we were afraid that Minari would just be relegated to like. Uh, I guess it doesn't even really qualify as an international but right definitely not expecting the nominations that it got yeah me too so i'm happy with it i'm i'm excited i don't know how much of a chance she has to win right um i really like amanda seyfried in mank and Mm -hmm. i know that that is like of all the people that uh were kind of lukewarm to negative on mank Mm-hmm. They almost all said positive things about Amanda Seyfried, and I nice. agree with her. Um, so I could see her winning. Mm-hmm. I could see Glenn Close winning in some crazy universe. <laughs> uh, I could see. I'm. I can't really comment on Olivia mm-hmm. Coleman, but I've heard that she's great. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, my confusion over Olivia Coleman was because I remembered that. <laughs> so the reason I thought that she won twice is because when she she won for the favorite, and then the next year she presented for supporting uh, actress. And I remember because 
she killed on the on presenting for it i think and i think that that's when she was she said something like um that that was the that was the greatest night of my life but it was also a really great night for my for my husband yes, yes. or something i was like that's <laughs> that's really funny so give her another oscar yeah that's absolutely yeah. yeah um yeah i i'm i think in i'm Obviously, I'm pretty lukewarm on wanting to see Mank, um, even though it's kind of right up my alley, like a movie about filmmaking and um, period movie and kind of prestige. Mm-hmm. But I will say that of every component to Mank, I think that Amanda Seyfried is the one that I'm most interested in seeing that performance because I think that I I think she's very talented, so I'm I'm anxious to to kind of see. Mm-hmm. How she does, um, yeah. And did you did you am I to say Brady is your pick? Um, do you think Maria ba- uh, Bakalova will will <sighs> take this? That that just that throws another wrench into it because mm-hmm. I mean I know people were saying that she could get nominated mm-hmm. like when Borat first came out. But I think a lot of people were kind of almost taking it as a joke. Like Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm okay with her getting a mm-hmm. nomination at least. Oh yeah. Um uh, given that, well, I guess it didn't really have a chance at any other nominations. It got the screenplay nomination, but I mean I I was going to say that just based on the lack of nominations elsewhere, that kind of speaks to what the Academy says about it. But I mean, just for the sake of ending things, I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll say Amanda Seyfried. Okay. Nice. I would be very happy if, uh Union uh Jung won for Minari. Yes, I'll be I'll be very happy with that too. Yeah. Um but I will say that uh if when when they're voting and everything and if they're tabulating the votes and everything, maybe Maria Bakalova will kind of split the difference on some of them and maybe that'll cause it to be kind of Glenn Close um in the amount of votes. <laughs> Let's let's hope that uh, Rudy Giuliani is not tabulating the votes. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So let's round it out with best picture. Um, I forgot to ask you earlier if you have a hard out, so I'm no. sorry. Okay. Good. Um, so best picture. Um, uh, do you want to alternate reading them? Uh, that could be kind of fun. Ooh. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We nice. we should have like like the ceremony. We should have sprinkled them in. Right. Sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> throughout this episode. Yep. Uh, I'll get us started. Uh, Best Picture nominee one. Oh, we don't have to do all that. Um, Best Picture nominees: The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yes. So, I have seen all of these except for The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Mank. And of the five that I've seen, I mean, uh, Minari or Nomadland? I'm pulling for Nomadland on a personal level just mm-hmm. because I, I really love that movie. How do you feel about the Best Picture nominees and uh, what was snubbed in addition to The Five Bloods? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that 
that pretty much is it. Uh, that, like we said earlier, there isn't a whole lot to be upset about in this mm -hmm. category. I mean, um, there could have been two more nominations. Right. But I don't know what else there would have been. Maybe Soul? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Soul. Pixar has hmm. snuck in the best picture category right you know once in a blue moon but yeah uh another round maybe um <laughs> yeah yeah maybe yeah uh yeah i i'm i'm okay with the nominees nice. uh like a, like i said earlier there's no there's no um evergreen uh <laughs> Uh, pamphlet uh, yeah evergreen <laughs> yeah. pamphlet among them yeah yep yeah i mean hillbillyology could have been in there <laughs> um yeah i i mean it's it's a good it's a good list it's a yeah. good list um who what what movie do you think will win nomadland okay nice, nice just just based on you know it won the golden globe for drama mm -hmm. um it won you know, all of the major festivals last year, TIFF, mm -hmm. Venice, I think. Um, nice. And I'm sure it'll win the BAFTA. I'm sure it'll win. Oh, well, maybe it won't. I don't know if it's nominated for the big prize at SAG. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's almost unstoppable at nice. this point. That's that's awesome. I'm 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 really hoping that it pulls through and, and uh does well because i really really i i was really um taken with that movie yes yep. same here yeah. uh would you have a backup favorite um one that you if nomadland does not win then blank i would say minari yeah um yeah i think that would be a solid backup um a pretty solid number two Okay. Um, how about how about you? I just hiccuped. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think I might say "Promising Young Woman," just because it is kind of a mainstream kind of popcorny movie. Mm -hmm. Um, it's got a Paris Hilton song in it. Yep, that got works a... so well in a surprising way. It's got an instrumental Britney Spears song. Yes. Um, it's. Uh, like I said, it's kind of a fresh story mm -hmm. with a great performance and a great yeah. cast uh, that is original. Um, Do you think Bo Burm should have been nominated or in the running for supporting actor? I mean, it's a pretty stacked category anyway. Not really. Okay. No. I really liked his performance. I I, I hope he does more. Like. Mm -hmm. acting i also hope he directs more because i really loved eighth grade yeah yeah um yeah Bo, get on that yep <laughs> um no i i i think they are nominated for best cast at the sags and i hope okay. that they win because i i think nice. they i think promising young woman had the best cast top to bottom oh interesting wow mm -hmm. okay yeah. interesting um, I can't speak to it, but I I would have thought maybe one night in Miami. Um, I mean, yeah, the just uh 
from sheer ratio, like there, there's mm -hmm. not a single bad performance in that, but right. uh, just the, the cast in Promising Young Woman and how they're utilized and yeah. uh, what each actor brings to the table is uh, I really enjoyed. Nice. Yeah. So, um yeah i i would also love to see minari win mm -hmm. i don't know how likely that is yeah um i mean it's just like everything else in 2020 this mm -hmm. is unpredictable yeah almost almost uh just because i mean i i didn't even know how much of a chance judas and the black messiah would have yeah um <clears throat> yeah <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm happy with it mm -hmm. getting a nomination, and I think an argument could be made that it could win. Nice, but yeah, again, no Mad Lion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. cool. Well, I think that does it for this episode of the Obsessed Viewer. We are going to hopefully, um, knock on wood, we are going to be doing a Best Picture potpourri um, in the lead up to the Oscar. So we're going to kind of just talk in depth about each of the each of the nominees for best picture and then we also have an ebert's great movies list uh episode on the horizon featuring tiny um don't know when that's going to be but we'll we'll get that out soon and uh yeah any parting thoughts on the oscars or on the podcast or anything ben mm. love the board oh nice yeah <laughs> thank you um and congratulations once again on your acceptance into the ifja thank you and uh looking forward to um uh to to you know doing ifja things with you <laughs> looking forward to it as well nice all right well that'll do it for this episode of the obsessive viewer um obviously we're gonna forego potpourri um if that wasn't clear um so thank you guys so much for listening and once again check us out on patreon patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy instead of watching it during work or whatever. So my voice just cracked. That's great. Anyway, um, so I watched the first episode. I don't have the title or anything. It just said episode one. So I don't know what the title is going to be when it releases. But this was one of those shows that I was very much looking forward to out of the kind of crop of Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney Plus and like the new the new stuff that was coming out and everything. This was the thing that interested me the most because I really love um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, their back and forth in, I think it was the uh, Civil War, um, was a lot of fun. And I just, I really, really was so taken with the um, Super Bowl trailer for this show. And I was just, I was just so amped for it. And I'm very happy to say that I really enjoyed this first episode. Now, I'm going to be spoiling it. So if you haven't watched the first episode of the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, come back and listen to it when you watch it. <laughs> so, um, this first episode, I was... The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. 
You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike white. That's me at R a Fekis and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda, at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Kitty!